Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. My thanks to Ollie Behrman for that amazing intro there. Uh, we have used that because we are talking about Formula 2 and Formula 3 on this week's episode of the Winging It F1 podcast. I am, of course, joined by Adam Dickinson and Freddie Coates. How are you both doing? Yeah, very good. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, doing all right, mate. Doing all right. Looking forward to being interrupted by Freddie. <laughs> well, brilliant. Uh, we're going to talk about the contenders or oh, who, who we're going to... Oh watch out for, sorry Freddie, or, or who we're going to watch out for uh, this year in F2, and then we'll talk about F3 in a bit. Uh, Freddie, who are you keeping an eye on this year? In F2, I have quite a few guys that I'm excited by. It's it's a very good grid, um, but mostly Zane Maloney is reaching out to me because, I mean, I've followed him as a driver for quite a long time, and I want him to do very well. So as a fan, I want Zay Maloney to do well. And he really soared at the end of F3 last year. And with a longer calendar with Formula 2, hopefully that can that can continue. And with Rebel backing in Carlin, hopefully he can do very well. Um, another driver I think could be one to watch out for after a disappointing first season in F2 will be Dennis Hauger. Because he had a moderate season in his first season in F3 and then had a very good championship domination run. So... Fingers crossed that he can do the same thing again with last year's champions, MP Motorsport, this year. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, Halga, because he had three fourth places in the final three feature races. So I think he kind of found something in the last part of the season. And maybe like his F3 campaigns, his first season wasn't quite good, but then he went on to win it in his second season, didn't he? So maybe he can replicate that this year. He, he, he reminds me a bit of Mick Schumacher, that kind of sense. So, so his first campaign isn't that great. But then he ends up fired, fired at, uh, fighting at the front, and Adam is smiling at me for some reason. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm laughing because that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a Mick Schumacher effect. Mm. Um, I I don't rate Hauger as highly as a lot of other people, but I don't think you can deny that he has form for this. So yeah, I do. I don't think that he will win the championship, um, because I think it's just such a talented grid. But I do think he'll be a lot. You know, he'll be in the fight. Hope he'll hope in the top five, and I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him in the top three or five there. Um, but yeah, I think there are there's just so many names there. Um, the list really think could do do something, and I think, yeah, like Behrman, we heard from him at the start of the podcast, and he, yeah, it kind of I think similar to what Freddie said about Zay Maloney, really. He he started a bit slow in last season's F3 as a rookie, but then came on really strong. And I think he could do the same thing this year. And hopefully, you know, starting from so he went straight from um F4 to FIA F3, which is a bit of a step, whereas the step from F3 to F2 is um not that big. And he's with Premier as well. So um yeah, I just think there's a lot of things. I'm not sure, yeah, it it is it takes a lot to win the championship as a rookie. So again, I think that you know, I I'm not kind of gonna back him for that outright, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see him win it. And I do think he'll be mixing it up, especially as the season goes on, mixing it up regularly for race wins. I mean, how much how good do you think Behrman is? Because say if he is challenging for the title this first season, surely he'll be on he'll be an F one at some point if he's out because he's only what, seventeen, eighteen? Yeah, well? so he's I'd, super I'd, young. I expect so. He won um, two F4 championships in a season um, in ADAC F4 and Italian F4, and he um, was the first driver to ever do that. And uh, Nigel, I think you know the second driver to do that is your boy. But um, yeah, you know, and that just I think that kind of shows where he's at. Really, he is, you know, just a phenomenally talented 
racing driver. I think the one thing, um, so I spoke to him, there's a piece on Total Motorsport. Um, so with my interview uh, with him and the only thing that I came away that did kind of have me with a few question marks is it doesn't sound like his partnership with Ferrari is that strong. He's a Ferrari junior driver. He he is in Prima, but you know, maybe it's just him talking uh, the classic racing driver speak of next race, not focusing too far ahead in the future, but it didn't sound like there were that many plans um, to, you know, get him testing F1 cars or kind of get him involved more in kind of the Ferrari machinery. So that's the only thing that kind of is, Maybe um, not a concern, but yeah, it surprised me a bit. But yeah, I, I absolutely think we'll see him in F1. I think he'll be the next British F1 driver because mm-hmm. if you look at his results, I just don't think you can say otherwise. Or, I, you know, I think, yeah, he, he has just performed so well through his career. And I think he's really primed, as I've said, to, to compete the season. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I kind of think you're right. It, it, it's... um. It's going to be difficult to win as a rookie, um, but it's been done before. And kind of the drivers who have done well in Formula One, to be honest, in the past five or six years, are the ones who've done well as rookies in Formula Two or GP2. You've got your, your Russells, Norris, Leclerc, and then we've got Piastri going ahead. We've got Sargent going ahead. So you can have a very good season in Formula Two and get that F1 step up pretty quickly. So, Behrman does have the Ferrari link, even if, as you say, it's not as as a tighter link as probably he would like at this stage. But if he performs, then that link is an avenue that can grow. It's not it's not closed. So, it would it would open more doors than shut, if anything, even no matter where that how that link lies. So, I think there's a there's a few drivers who could have, if they just have a stunning year this year, could be able to open a few avenues with that kind of with that kind of doorway. I think that what there's six F two drivers who are linked with Red Bull. You've got yeah. uh, mm. like you've got uh, top of my head, you've got Fittipaldi, Iwasa, Hadjar, um Maloney and Halga. Two others. Halga is Halga still linked? Uh Deruval has been dropped. Um uh, and Crawford. someone else. Crawford. Jack Crawford. Jack Crawford. Yeah. Yeah, um, and just kind of so you do from, have, sorry. If if one of them have a stunner, then they can they can push their way into what isn't the most confident AlphaTauri lineup we've ever seen. Yeah, me mm. me and Nigel um, discussed this around the AlphaTauri launch and whether we expect both drivers to be there at the end of the season. So there's that. I mean, even and then uh, Alpha Romeo. Um, there's you know Bottas and Zoe isn't the most talented driver lineup on the grid either so I think there are avenues and even you know this this could be for Bemner, or it could be for another driver even if they're not linked with the Red Bull Driver Academy then if they do have a you know a, a stunning season and they are champion and I wouldn't be surprised if Red Bull did try and poach them and bring them in and get just the most talented driver they can into that seat so I think there is a mm. window of opportunity even though there were three rookies um going into this F1 season I do think there's a window of opportunity for such a talented F2 grid to really, you know, produce one or several rookies for next year. Yeah, I definitely think the Alpha Tower seat is the most vulnerable for one, definitely one, if not both, uh, as of Snowder and DeVries if they don't perform. And I do think it will be a roller coaster season for them both. So out of the current Red Bull junior drivers that we've mentioned, who would you put your money on? in terms of doing the best potentially getting that Alpha Tower seat next year because Awasa seems to be the favourite because of his 
uh, well, he was the best rookie in F2 last year, was most impressive. So would you say it's him? I would say so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've already put my money on Maloney, but I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if someone like Isaac Hadjar um, mm. had a really good season as well. Um, he had a very, very good rookie F3 season, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does very, very well um, yeah. in Formula 2 um, with uh, with the Rebel backing. Yeah, and he won, he won the Formula Renault Euro Cup um, a couple of years ago as well, and that's the big, that's the biggest like non um, FIA F3 or FIA two championship out there. Um, so yeah, in terms of like the lower reaches, then there's a good track record. Um, Martins won it uh, a few years ago. Uh, Dino Braganovic we'll talk about later for F3. So there's a def- definite track record of drivers doing well. The Ampiastri as well doing well there, and then stepping up and doing well in the kind of higher junior formulas. So yeah, I think Hadjar's one to watch. I'd still I've got my money on Iwasa um, as my favorite for the championship, actually. Um, but I, I think there is, it, it, it's not a very, you know, it, it. I'm not like massively confident on it just because there are so many drivers out there. You're not going all in. No, it, it, you know, it's kind of picking a name out of four or five, really, that all have yeah, a very good chance. Definitely. And, I agree. Yeah. Oh, we've, we've seen before numerous times in recent years, drivers do well in their rookie season, they're not doing so well. The next, like, uh, Schwartzman uh, is a good example. Zhou as well, Zhou, Zhou Guan Yu, he had a great rookie season. Then the second season, was, season wasn't that great, but then his third season was okay. They got that F1 seat, so uh, Wass has got to be careful to not fall into that trap. And going away from F2 for a minute, I think the best bet, or my favourite, would be Liam Lawson, actually. He's doing super formula, and I think if he wins that title, which I think he very much could, I think he would jump all of the Red Bull F2 junior drivers and get that F1 seat because I think Red Bull support him a lot. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say like he's the kind of favourite, but they have seemed to kind of gel with him the most over the last few years, I'd say. So I think there's a good chance Lawson, and if I was making a prediction, I think Lawson could jump all, 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 all those six drivers. He's done very well at points, but he's also left a bit to be desired on the F1 support package. He did very well yeah. in the DTM when that was a GT series and he he was pulled into that and he nearly won that championship if only just for some shoddy driving, to be honest, <laughs> did he lose that? Um, not from him. Um, so Super Formula, away from the spotlight, could do very well for him. He's clearly well-liked in that in that structure because after two... after um, To be honest, you could say kind of leaving a lot to be desired F3 and two F2 seasons where he probably should have been getting a few more results. He um is still on the books. So he's well liked and well respected in that in that yeah. in that junior team. Yeah, I I'm I'm not sure about Lawson. I kind of agree with Freddie. He he came onto the scene quite early. I think he had his super license wrapped up pretty early as well because he won um Toyota Racing Series, which is kind of a season opener event in New Zealand that has um kind of the grids ebb and flow in terms of quality, but um I think Norris won it and uh Schwartzman won it a few years ago. So they have had some big drivers come through there and he won that and really kind of announced himself. And then in his first season in of F3, I think he finished fifth, which again, at that stage, it was kind of, you know, he's he's a raw talent, um, but a bit of an uncut diamond. And if he can shape that and channel that, then he can be really successful. But I'd say he maybe hasn't kicked on in the way Red Bull would have hoped. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I agree if he wins Super Formula, he probably will get that chance. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I, I think maybe 
he, he might have peaked as a junior driver, I'd say. Um, I also have oh, a theory gosh. that people, more people remember him because his name is alliteration. That's not a joke that is like genuinely. <laughs> I think he sticks in people's minds more because of that. But he did, he did a, uh, was it the Italian Grand Prix? He drove for Alfa Tauri um, in free yeah, practice and did, just... did decently there. So yeah, he, he definitely wouldn't be the worst shout in the world. He did Red Bull, didn't he, as well? Um, oh, yeah, Abu Spain. Dhabi. Oh, Abu Dhabi. I've got Spain. Vips did, Vips did Spain. He's yeah. Vips did Spain. Um, but yeah, he did. He did. He didn't um, disappoint from what from what was coming out of the team. For me, Lawson in his first F two season, especially, he had a lot of bad luck, and his actual performances kind of went under the radar. I'd say, and for me, I've seen a lot of talent. He just hasn't had the results to show it. So that, I I still kind of believe in him, and that's that sense. was. The weird F2 season where they did three races per yeah. weekend as well, wasn't it? So it's a bit kind of stranger, but yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. It's I'd easier say, to be to go under the radar probably in that. I would say out of all the Red Bull drivers, uh, Red Bull junior drivers, I would back him the most. But it seems Freddie, we've got, Freddie's gone for Maloney, Adam has gone for Iwasa. So we've all gone for three different choices, there, which I guess just shows the strength for the Red Bull junior. For the AlphaTauri seat, yeah, but not for Formula 2. <laughs> Okay, so so you Lawson think... comes in and wins Formula Two, then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he Good doesn't point. have a drive, <laughs> it'd be fantastic. Um, yeah. that would that would be like, I, I, but yeah, I, I think I think it's a very talented crop, and I think to be honest, AlphaTauri will be having some headaches, but also, um, uh, and we shouldn't just assume it's a foregone conclusion that those two seats will be up for yeah. grabs because who knows, Sonoda and DeFries could perform so. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, ART have got a fantastic lineup in F2 this year. Uh, Tail Porsche and Victor Martad. I think that is, on raw talent, the most talented F2 driver lineup ever. I'd go as far as saying. Uh, but I know these two won't agree with me on that one. I just think Porsche is. I, I, I just rate him so highly. <laughs> There's not much else to say about that. Do you want, do you want to give a, ba- as well. bit of a, a background of why you rate him so highly? People who aren't so familiar. Well, he's got into... I mean, he's only 19 now, and he was in F2 at the age of 17, which very few drivers have ever done. I can't think of many that... Well, you've, got, you've, you've obviously got Behrman this year, but apart from him, you don't have that <laughs> many uh, F2 drivers getting into that. Uh, getting into F2 at such a young age. Uh, and I just think he's got everything. I just think he's got the speed. He's got the right mindset as well. I think he's, he's got the right personality. Uh, he hasn't, of course, had the results over the last couple of years. Uh, Freddie might have a theory that it's something to do with being an ART, perhaps. But I just really think he has a potential to even be an F1 race winner, maybe, maybe even a world champion. Uh, that's, that's as far as I'd I'd go with Porsche. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd I don't, say, for me, he's the most talented driver on on the F two grid. I'd say with Porsche, it's just it feels like last season was the best opportunity for him to win. In terms of you didn't have as packed a F two grid, he was going into his second season, which a lot of when a lot of drivers perform their best, and sometimes the third season can be a bit more difficult. So it it that's the only thing for me is like it feels like last season was his best chance to do it. I know he, you know, I know he's still very young then but yeah that's the kind of i guess red flag for me to use a breaking mm. term it, it he's a fantastically fast talented raw driver and it's just for some reason he's not 
one in yeah at the top for some reason because he he kind of should have done and I don't really know why he didn't in in last year I know Djokovic put in a fantastic performance but um it's just kind of yeah there's just a he should do he should win this and if he doesn't win it this year realistically he doesn't deserve the f1 shot in my opinion is it a good excuse if I say it's just an F2 specific thing? So maybe it's something to do with a car that it just doesn't suit him no. as well? No. Okay. It's, I, it's, it's, no. it's not really. And it, I think if you have a, an F1 feeder series, you've got to do well in the F1 feeder series. Otherwise, it kind of defeats the point of Formula 2. Um, I think you can develop as a driver afterwards and prove your, your worth to Formula 1. And I think that's what De Vries has done. I think... Um, some drivers have done very well. And I do think at the moment, Theo Porcher probably does deserve his chance in Formula 1, which is why I was surprised he took up a third season in Formula 2, because I think yeah. he could have knocked on a few doors from where he was. But um, it's so I'm kind of, I'm torn because I think he really does show a lot of talent as a driver. I'm just, mm. there's, there's always been someone better than him. Why, yeah. You know, you, you kind of got to look, okay, He's always been beaten in Formula 3 and Formula 2. Yeah, he did very well in, in more junior Formula 4 levels. He did very well there, and that shouldn't be sniffed at. But in these kind of the levels where it's harder, he's last year he was swamped by Djokovic. And in in the, the year before that, uh, he came up at the same time as Piastri and was, and was yeah, he, he had a, a few, he had an injury, but he got the injury and came back and carried on and still wasn't at that level. So it's kind of like, I don't really know where I stand. I really want him to do well because he's really fast. Just for some reason, he's not been fast enough. Yeah, it's a weird one with Porsche because we could be sat here at the end of the season and like Nigel said, he is just so talented and we could he could just walk it and win it at a cancer. Mm-hmm. We were all like, why Why did we ever doubt it? But yeah, as I, I Freddie has outlined, there, is, <laughs> there are those reasons for doubt. So yeah, I'm not... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just kind of not really... Sold there, but like I say, I would not. You've lost a little bit of faith, is it? Yeah, kind of. There's not. It's one of those. I mean, like I said when I predicted Uasa, there's like four or five drivers that I could absolutely see winning it, and he is one of them. He's just not the first out of that pack, I, I guess. Who are the other drivers? If you've uh, not mentioned them already. Well, Iwasa, Behrman, Martans. How many is that? That's three. <laughs> three plus four share. That's four. Um, okay. And then, like, doing, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you agree Enzo with Fittipaldi that as well. Enzo Fittipaldi is just a bit of a, like, wild card for me. Yeah. But he could be in there as well. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty similar with them being all front runners. Um, and I do think there's quite a few other drivers who could, who could cameo quite a lot. Which then therefore makes it not a cameo, makes some guest appearances, be recurring characters in the in the series, um, in that most of them all have quite a, you know a few legs to stand on competitively. I know further down the order you've got people like Vashor, uh, Boshong, mm, yeah. Roman Stanek, Clement Novelak, who've all performed well in the past, and some in F two, some in F three, and could very easily perform very well at the front end of an F2 grid if they're in the position to do so. So there's quite a few people who could really, really, really have an impact. 
I thought he was going to say something. Adam, never mind. Uh, uh, no, I was just. I think I was just kind of. There are some. I guess a bit more like career junior formula drivers um, that Freddie's just yeah. mentioned. Um, since I mentioned him, I will just shout out Jack Doohan. Um, I think he's kind of. He's annoyingly a year too young because he would have. You know, if he was going into his second season of Formula Two last year, I'd say he's in. You know. He, he would definitely be in a good position to challenge for the title. And with what happened with Piastri, then there would be a seat open for him at Alpine potentially to push uh-huh. for. So it's a bit, I think it's, you know, really bad luck really that the, you know, Gasly to Alpine finally happened um, just in the season before he'd, I guess, expect to be challenging for the title. So I think that's a bit of a rough break and he didn't form amazingly in testing, but he's, you know, that kind of only tells so much. And he showed last season that his Santa has shown it in F3 as well. So yeah, he's probably towards the back of my main contenders, but I still think he is there. Yeah. I've got, I've got big problems with the Alpine driver Academy, not just with the Piastri thing, but in terms of the way they've handled a lot of the junior drivers and speaking of which, Vince Martins, I think it's another huge talent uh, on this year's F2 grid. Uh, I think I spoke about it was it last year or the year before where I kind of picked him out of a bunch of them was talking about junior drivers. I think he's very fast. He's, I think he's racing as well into on during the races. I don't think he quite has the one lap pace perhaps. Uh but I think in terms of actual race pace, I think he's very smart. He's a very he's a very smart driver for his age. So that's why I think the ART line up if they have the right I guess engineers and can find the right setup early on in the season and tune the car the right way. I think both drivers will be challenging for the title almost certainly. Uh, have you got any thoughts on Martins? Well, he's the reigning F3 champ, isn't he? Um, albeit yeah. in complicated circumstances, which is the way it was run, won. But um, for the same reasons with Behrman and Maloney, he should perform very well because he's not been bad in a racing car. End off. He's always yeah. been good. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, I just agree with that. Really, um, I, you know, he's he's won championships before F three as well. So yeah, I just, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there. And and yeah, like we said, ART are just such a strong lineup with him and Porsche, um, all French lineup. So yeah, it's it's kind of it. He feels like he's got the talent to go all the way. But as we keep saying, there's a lot of drivers like that on the grid. So it's just you know, it will be. If he can finish top five this season, it will be impressive um, considering he's a rookie. Yeah, a lot of this has been driver is good. Hopefully driver will be good and it will be good for driver. <laughs> That's been a lot of this pod. But um, I think a lot of that does ring true for the majority of the drivers in the Formula 2 field this year, which is exciting. And they go to Australia. That's fun. Yay. Yeah. So we won't watch those races. <laughs> the calendar isn't as bad. As it was, well, certainly two, three years ago, uh, but still a few big gaps in there. But anyway, uh, I won't go on. I mean, to be fair, the, it's it's not. It's just the big gap at the end. Like apart from that, yeah. it's not. It's not too bad. But it's just it's, they have this yeah. this stupid like two month gap, three month gap between which they um, didn't used to have. They yeah. used to they used to yeah. F two had a standalone event back in the day, and they would do WEC events and things like that, and would do a season and. Well, Formula One has obviously brought it more into their stable, understandably, but if they're going to do that, they kind of need to not have this big two-month gap. And I think either you let you let the series be, you know, competitive 
all year round rather than having then just like a joke around at the end where the championship is decided or you you frankly bring it earlier and have a big old a big old event where one of them can be yeah it's an f1 race but it's also the big f2 finale round that means they can have their time to shine but there's just a reluctance yeah. to do that i mean f3 looked really good it you know it starts it has the two um non-european rounds in bahrain with the season open then going to australia which is really exciting but then it finishes at monza at the end of the european leg and that's that and that just is a much kind of tighter neater way of doing it and f2 could you know if, if they do want to extend it a bit longer then they could finish at you know singapore or something like that and that'd be a great grandstand event but just having this second of september to the 25th of november is the gap um so nearly three months is just insane it's just absolutely insane um to have it going in for the championship decided when you've got drivers careers and potentially f1 careers on the line yeah. as to whether they can get super license points it's just bonkers so yeah 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 absolutely yeah we've spoken about this before were say well we saw it last year with logan Sargent. he was you know gonna get the williams seat then save save the final round he had a horror show and didn't get the super license seat because of that uh in in abu dhabi uh so didn't get a williams seat because he didn't get the super license words then it would have just been not great and you can stop this by having a small gap in between the penultimate and final round so you know it's just something that something that should change but i don't think it will uh, unfortunately so that is the f2 uh rounded up uh, we're going to talk about the F3 front runners and contenders this year. It's not the best F3 grid, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Gregory, uh, what was there? Gregory Saucy, Greg Watt, no, I'm calling Gregory Saucy. I've booked up his name already. Greg Saucy topped uh, the testing times uh, last week. What? Who do you think is going to challenge for the F3 title this year? Uh, I th- I'll throw Dino Piganovic out there straight away. He's at Prima. He won um, uh, Formula Renault Euro Cup by Alpine or whatever it's called now, Frecker, uh, last season. And he's with uh, Prima this season. So I think he's definitely a name to watch. He's been part of the Ferrari Driver Academy for a few years now as well. And then his teammate, uh, Prima Zacco Sullivan, who uh, was in F2, uh, sorry, F3 last season, finished fifth. Uh, I didn't write that down beforehand and now I'm floundering a bit, but yeah, finished a bit lower. Um, but yeah, finishing the top 10 of F3 last season and he's got the step of, he's a Williams uh, Academy driver as well. And obviously they've just had Sergeant go in, but yeah, I think he's, I don't expect him to win it, but I think just, you know, being in Prima, having that year's experience and he does have talent, then I think he'll be um, kind of up there throughout most of the season. I mean, with Formula 3, you do have to just go, are they a Prima driver? Yeah. They will be they will be able to win races. And so with O'Sullivan and Baganovich both also proving themselves as fantastic drivers elsewhere, then that helps them. Paul Aaron as well, Mercedes junior driver, another Prima driver, uh, completes that that team's lineup. And you know, those three should be ones to watch. Um other F three teams that tend to do well are Trident and Carlin and ART. Uh, ART obviously won last year with Victor Martins, and they've got as was said, Gregor Saucy, they got Caelan Frederick, who's done some junior series rounds pretty recently and has performed well. Um, Carlin, you've got Ollie Gray, who's um, come from come from the UK, uh, come from from British F 
and Italian F4, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, um, I think that's right. And did well in both of them. So he should do all right. There aren't that many that stand out, unfortunately, to me. I think Kyle Collette could be a bit of a dark horse this year. I think. I don't know why. I've got a feeling. He's kind of been around for a while. This is the thing. There are a fair few drivers who've like been around, been in the lower reaches for mm. a few years. And that's, you know, that's a thing you can knock on a fair few, to be fair, that there's just not. Um, yeah, that there's a lot that maybe their momentum has gone a bit stale that they had um, earlier in junior series. But yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle Collette, he's had two years in F3 already and he's improved by one position uh, from ninth to eighth to last season. So yeah, I mean, you know, he could be he could be there. I think I'd be surprised really if he is top five, to be honest. But it's it feels really, really open outside of, um, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd say Biganovic again, but outside of that, it feels really, really open who could be filling really kind of second to uh tenth for me. Yeah, and realistically, does it get to F one? Probably one or two of these drivers have a very good chance getting to F one. The others are just, you know, trying to do something special, I guess, to try and get onto the F two grid and then impress an F two, uh, etc. So so yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Yeah, there's a lot of drivers here who could realistically have very good professional racing careers. And yeah, I absolutely. think to be honest, they should all be using that chance and I think a lot of them are I mean yeah you you Sebastian Montoya's Johnny Edgar's uh Franco Colapinto's of this world who are good drivers and have performed well can all use this to really you know showcase their their talents but whether you think they'll be F1 standard in the future is is another question but I think they could all definitely use that for as a as a shop a window shop for them Colapinto is an interesting one because he's Argentinian and he he does seem to have a fair kind of backing just as an Argentinian driver. There's not many of them around. He's in the Williams Academy as well. And he has quite a big uh, he did well fan last base. Year. He did well. Yeah. Um, so he'd be one. I think Gabriele Mini as well for high tech. And high tech aren't the best team on the grid, but I do think um, you know, he's he's done well again. Um, Wood Italian F3 was second in Freca last season. So um, yeah, I think he he has potentially the the talent there to really make a push and be in that be in that top five. So he's someone I would maybe highlight as having a bit more of that um yeah, kind of pedigree behind him. But yeah, like we're saying, yeah. there's a lot on. Yeah. I mean, one driver who I would have loved to have seen in F3 this year, and I think he should have been in there, is Andrea Kimi into Antonelli. Uh, he has just won the Fort Hurt Formula Regional Middle Eastern Championship in his first season. I this guy, he is an absolute super talent, in my opinion. I wrote an article for Total Motorsport uh, about four or five weeks ago now, and he's just sensational. The, the karting career, he's had the way he's impressed in F4 over the last 12 months, 12, 18 months. It is, he's he's going to be, I'm, I'm talking about Howardson Verstappen levels here. I think he's going to be outstanding, and I feel if he wasn't with the Mercedes Academy, if say if he if he was with Red Bull, I think he would be in F3 this year. And then if he wins F3, maybe could have even be in F1, perhaps. But I think with Mercedes, they are going to take it step by, by step. Are you saying if he won F3 this year, he could be in F1 next season? Yeah. Okay. I that's how. That's how good I think he is. I think that's a bit bonkers to be honest. But um. But yeah, he no. It has he's happened. Super- he is supremely talented, and I think 
Um, I think if he was in F3 this year, then he would have a good chance um, of winning. So, yeah, he's there. He's also DM'd Nigel. He slid, slid into Nigel's team. Yeah, so yeah. That's why Nigel there. rates him. No, no, he saw my article. <laughs> he saw my article and messaged me that I might be talking to him in March. Uh, we'll, oh. we'll find out. <laughs> we'll is he, find is out. he added to your interviewee list? Or is he on it? Uh, no, I didn't have... Well, with motor racing drivers, I didn't have any specific names. Uh, this, is, this is a side thing. But, uh, yeah, I've sorry. got a list of sports people <laughs> I want to talk to. But yeah, uh, but, yeah on Antonelli, what are your thoughts on him? Because, I mean... You probably won't rate him as much as me, but I'm guessing you both rate him very highly, obviously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Adam just said, and I'm agreeing. Mm. I, I, oh, I, I do. Um, why? I would be like, well, I, sorry. But just because of, um, you know, the, you know why. Um, it's kind of like <laughs> he's performed very well in what he's performed in, and he's won championships and um, will likely win more championships in the future. Would you be surprised if he isn't in F1? I don't know. Okay, that's interesting. Well, I... you can't you can't be judging a driver who's not even got to uh, international Formula Three level and be like, oh, I'm surprised he wouldn't be in F1 yet. I think we need to give it a bit of time. He was casting fifty. Yeah, but with ago. but with like Verstappen, people were talking about him well before because he had an F1 test. What even before that? He had, F, he, had, he, had, he had F1 test and was given F1 backing and was widely talked about as like when he's is at this age, he will be driving in Suzuka this year. We haven't had that with Antonelli. If this year Antonelli is getting FP1s and stuff like that, then maybe we can give him give him the give him the talk like you had with someone like Ocon who when he was at F3 level was 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 gallivanting with with F1 teams and with junior programs and stuff like that. So as Antonelli is in a junior program, maybe when he gets behind a wheel we can talk about it. But um, he's not at that stage yet. There's not a conversation about him doing an F1 test. There's not a conversation about any of that. So in this Formula 3 podcast, we could talk about a driver who's not in Formula 3 because Nigel likes him, or we could talk about, <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, about the drivers in Formula 3. And- but um, I do think Antonelli's good, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, say he's going to be an F1 driver based on the fact that he's won a, a regional series in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are what, there any other F3 driver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's uh there's one non-F3 driver as of yet, which is Luke Browning, um, who I really like. To he won GB3 last season, and he's yeah, it, you know, he's not. He's kind of had the road less travelled. Um, really, he was in uh British F4 in 2019. Well, he's had so, no money. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um. It's kind of <laughs> nice way of saying that, but yeah, he. But you know, he has. He just you know really worked on. Really just deserves this shot in f3 and there is one seat left at high tech and he has been a high tech driver in his british racing so it would seem um that he will be a test in high tech yeah so I'm yeah with all top of that 10. Mm. so yeah he's you know he is someone who just you know i think really deserves that shot i've interviewed him three times now which is fun um and me and freddie have interviewed him as a joint once so i just really like him and he'll be someone if he is there then i'll be supporting and someone else for like neutrals to support is johnny edgar who was he um, won German F4 uh, in 2019, I think, and was, you know, he's he's not had the best results, but he missed uh, two rounds of last season with Crohn's disease, and yeah. he was kind of he was in the Rebel Academy, and he was, um, I guess, not one of the heavy favourites, but certainly up there 
going into last season's F3. And he's, uh, yeah, had the Crohn's disease diagnosis and had to battle that for a lot of this season. But he is back this season. So, um, again, he's someone that I am hoping can do well. That was yeah, really harsh, I thought, for Red Bull to, to drop uh, Edgar. But, yeah, sorry, Freddie. When, when, when oh, the cost involved right. is so relatively low, then, yeah, yeah, I thought that was really rough. But It is rough. Um, but I was going to say, I have a vested interest in Browning because I, I, I work for the company that operates GB3. So um, <laughs> naturally, I'm going to oh, support yeah. the GB3 champion um, because oh, yes. <laughs> job. Well, yes. Um, I'm paid for. It's fine. Um, uh, I can't, can't really do the same with Eurosport for motor racing, I don't think. Uh, but yeah. I think, to be honest, we're all at the stage where there's drivers who... Um, been decent with us, we can like them. We've interacted with, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that's true. Uh, I guess and considering I got in Stoffel Van Dorn's way once, I can't believe he's not back on the Formula One grid anyway. <laughs> he got in his way. Go on, explain that. <laughs> I just got in his way. It's just it's like, like oh, sorry. <laughs> it was in. It was in um, in the hung at uh, the Hungaro ring. Um, oh, okay, but he was walking. I just like, oh, oh, sorry. He's like, oh. so that's so that's why he lost his seat and that year. <laughs> two two people being awkward around the time of the um, driver market <laughs> happenings. Yeah. Anyway, in, in uh, back onto the podcast. Uh, I think that is the junior segment done. We are just going to touch on uh, F1 testing because it is coming up, and our starts on Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Eight and a half hours of running each day, four hours in the morning, four and a half hours in the evening. Uh, I mean, it's just about getting as much mileage under your belt. Try not to break down. Definitely don't crash. Turn up with your car on the first day. Yeah, do that. That would help as well. And then once you do enough mileage, then you can go for speed, find the right setups, turn up the wick, and that's testing, basically. (laughs) Is is there anything else that you want to add? No, that's what I'm going to do. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I will add Drive to Survive comes out on either Saturday or Sunday um, and I'm looking forward to it oh. we've, it's been it's contentious and I think more more and more people are criticising it but I think certainly if you look at the impact it's had on F1 just look at the amount of fans that it's brought in and look at the other sports that are trying to recreate it there's been tennis cycling um, both kind of either done or doing series got that are coming out that I know off the top of my head and I think yeah it, you can't understate the importance of that and last season i did you know the the stuff around the title fight i always thought was going to be quite netflixy hollywoody and it was but actually i do really enjoy the other things you know like the the episode on Haas or the episode on sonoda i thought um were you know just really good get it like seeing that insight into drivers low ground the grid is what i like about it and really where they had their strength early on when it launched and hamilton wasn't involved so yeah i think i'm it, it does get a lot of criticism and I think I maybe didn't praise it as much as everyone else did a few years ago, but actually now I am. I think people are going a bit too far the other way. So I'm looking forward to watching it. Obviously you don't have to watch it. Nigel won't, but yeah, I'd say just watch it with an open mind and you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's a nice addition to F1 um, fandom. I think if you're an F1 fan, it adds nice stuff to it. Naturally you get annoyed at things, but you can also really appreciate some of the insights. Um, it's out Friday the 24th. That's when it's out. Yeah, so it'll be out this weekend. So you can can watch it instead of testing. 
No, oh, don't do that. Watch tested instead. <laughs> no, oh, wow, you can watch watching both. testing. Oh, you can... Why is there this obsession with watching testing now? It's fantastic. It's great fun. I get um... excited with testing, you know, like especially the final day. I get really yeah, excited I do about. get excited when you get a sort of clear run of sort of okay. Well, now these are the times that we've been telling ourselves not to care about. We now need to kind of. <laughs> try and care about them and try and not care about them at the same time and then do wait for clever people who have the time to do all the kind of fuel corrected and tire corrected runs and add all of that together and you can get a relatively decent competitive picture of usually who's way off and who's way in front the middle bits where it's really exciting i find and you get sometimes like oh Hass will be the fourth best team but aston martin will also be the fourth best team but they'll all both be last and and all of that is is just great fun to, to, yeah. For me, I'd like sports that you can just have on in the background. I like um, test cricket and cycling for that mm. in that you can just kind of have it on and be, you know, like vaguely checking in on it, but don't have have to have your eye on it for the whole time. Um, and obviously, yeah. normally everyone races aren't like that, but testing and pre-practice is, and um, especially testing. I'm, yeah, looking forward to it and looking forward to having, having a bit more of an idea of where the teams are for when we do our predictions, but clearly I won't have an idea of where the teams are because Nigel always happens me in the, and Freddie to be fair, they always have the same predictions and I don't, and they're always right. So, you know, maybe I won't have much of an <laughs> yeah. idea as where the teams are as I think, but uh, yeah. That's nice. It's fresh. It's all, it's only because what well, the last two years, anyway, 2021, 2022, I've like super analyzed like the long runs and stuff. That's the only reason why my predictions are good. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, too, too fair. Yeah. Last I've, Last year, I was on spring break in the middle of testing and oh, going, yeah. did about a combined 20, maybe, no, maybe not 20. Actually, yeah, mm, I mean, th- this year like I have 15 a job. hours of bus driving um, <laughs> or being on a bus and seeing two cities. So I wasn't really eye on, uh, eye on the ball as much as Nigel was. But yeah, this season will be the yeah, But you still had like Halton and Russell in the second and fourth Mercedes winning a constructors, which it, was, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I was sleep deprived, okay. It was yeah. Because you're staying up watching testing because it was on in the middle of the night. It's <laughs> <laughs> too busy traveling the whole continent of North America. <laughs> yeah, this year's the redemption arc, though. This year, redemption. We'll find I mean, out. this year and is we'll... the year I'm probably going to just focus on testing from a kind of just looking at the time. So it'll be the other way around. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, Fernando Alonso, world champion. Um, <laughs> no, wait, no, Lance Stroll, world champion. But it, but it's always like regardless of if it's like ranking the driver lineups or grading the drivers or giving a preseason team ranking, then you and Nigel are always nearly identical. So it doesn't matter. You just have to go yes. with what you think, and Nigel will go with that as well. And because he super analysed it, then it'll be right. Yeah, I tend to give an opinion, and Nigel backs it up with facts. <laughs> Yeah, we like in our opinions, and we hope you enjoy listening or watching our opinions as well. We will have a testing review thing and a predictions review preview F one season preview thing as well uh, next week. So stay oh, tuned for that podcast or uh, things podcast, whatever same thing. Uh, so yes, until then, thanks to Freddie, thanks to Adam in his jumper. Not jump a hoodie thing that Freddie likes as well. It's Maybe nice you jumper. like it if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and I'll thank myself as well. And thanks to you for listening and watching. Thank you, Nigel. Until next week, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, Nigel.